0: This is a yelling podcast. From poking at you to plans and everything in between, this is Magnified Pod, the only podcast that discusses culture, religion, politics, and the entire discography of everyone's favorite left-coast punks, MXPX. And we're back. Yeah. Yeah. John, this is episode number was this Eighth? 9? 9? We have even...
1: a special one in there.
0: Yeah, this is I think this is 9. Yeah. Um this is the 8th proper 7th, s- 8th. I don't even know. We've done a few. We've done a we've done a few, but we got a bunch under our belt feeling mm-hmm. pretty good. I'm ex- actually excited about this album because um, Panic is I'm not going to say which, but it's one of my favorite MXPX albums. It's up there. The tone on this album, strikingly different yeah. than just about any other MXPX album mm-hmm. that has come before it or will come after it. Yep. Um, cynical, dark, a little negative. And John... Speaking, speaking of, of those speaking things. Speaking of dark, cynical, negative, uh-huh. we have had a couple detractors mm. in the social media sphere mm. as of late.
1: It's weird. Normally yeah. social is such a healthy place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. If there's anything that social media is known for, it's Just being en- it's encouraging positivity,
1: love, support. I will say with this show and with this community, we've been really lucky that it's like almost entirely incredibly positive and people sharing their stories. And that's been really cool. So maybe I should stop shitting on it.
0: You know, I, I think you're absolutely right that we're not, we're not getting an avalanche of negativity, but I'll be honest. I was a little taken aback when We got a couple, like, you know, uh, a not-so-positive review, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I I wanted to give the person the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they haven't been hanging in from episode one. Right. You know, we put out this first impressions album, or episode, rather, for the new MXPX album, which Mm -hmm. if you haven't listened to, purchased... Uh, downloaded from iTunes, wherever, from the XPX website. You should do that. Do it. But uh, this was—it was a short EP. Just our first impressions, talking about the new album. And something that we talked about on it was, well, I—I I personally was saying I was kind of wishing that there was some song kind of addressing the gap in Mike writing about things related to his faith, right. and then now very much not talking about that. And I think for a first-time listener, that might come off as, why, why do you care? Right. Why does it matter? What is, what's the difference? It's his personal belief. Why should that relate to the music? Mm-hmm. I mean, because um, historically... And throughout the band's history, I mean, that's, that has always been a part of the band. Yeah. And so giving them the benefit of the doubt that they don't understand kind of what our concept for this pod is. Our brand. Our brand. And it is talking about culture, religion, politics, as our intro states in every episode. And that includes how those things relate to... MXPX, and that will include the beliefs that have been espoused by the members. Right. So I think that's up. It's up for grabs for any any and all discussion related to that. So um, if you're a first-time listener for this episode, we do talk about our own experiences growing up in the evangelical world. Growing up Christian, um, I no longer identify as a Christian. Um, I won't speak for for John how you choose to label your sure. religious identity, um, but this is going this is going to come up, and I know that one of the critiques, John, maybe you want to take take this since I. Appear to be monologuing as I do. Um, This idea of this uh, a tweet that we received that we are looking down our noses at people of faith. Mm -hmm. So, do you have any want to take that?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I'll say like overwhelmingly, what we've heard from people has been really positive, and that's been really cool. And I think. We've heard from a lot of people who feel similar to us, you know, regardless of where you are with um, faith and and your outlook on the world and stuff right now, I think a lot of us come from a specific universe. If you're a big MXPX fan and a big fan of, you know, alternative music in the Christian scene in the 90s, that's like a specific context. So I think a lot of us feel um, a camaraderie in that kind of regardless of where they're at now. Um, but yeah I think like you said um, the new record coming out has brought some new folks to the pod which is great but um, it's also I think maybe made clear that if you haven't been hanging with us from the beginning it's a little bit like as Mike himself told us why is the first I don't know <laughs> third of the pod or so usually devoted to kind of Uh, Issues besides MXPX. And I think from the beginning we wanted to talk about MXPX as a jumping off point for kind of like broader discussion about culture and faith and um, a bunch of things. We thought that, you know, we love the band um, and we also thought that that would be a good place from which to address a bunch of stuff that we care about. So, yeah, one thing that we heard from somebody was that like they felt like we were being dismissive of the church, of Christianity and yeah, back to what you said before, like, I still identify as a Christian. I said, I think on the first step, that, like, I never felt on fire for the Lord, as others had said, um, but I've kind of had this, like, slow and steady faith um, forever, and it's still very much a part of my life, but it um, does not connect to the often conservative leanings of that world that we've addressed, you know, the, the Christian bookstore alternate universe, um, and then what a lot of people think of as sort of like evangelical today, like I feel very different from that kind of Christianity. So if if that's where you're coming from, you're naturally probably going to find some of the things that we care about and address um, to be a little off from from where they're at. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to say it's definitely not our intention to look down our nose at what anybody thinks, but we're also not going to back down from our thoughts, our theology on things. And, um, you know, like I said, I grew up in the mainline Protestant world. I was always on the periphery of the evangelical world. I still feel like that to some extent. Um, So I've walked that line a lot. And um, I can sympathize with with folks on a lot of sides within the the spectrum there. But I I tend to come down on the more mainline progressive side. And, uh, yeah, that'll be something we continue to
0: address. I don't know. Very very well said, and I do want to say i I feel like i we need to address this idea of respecting difference, yeah, because there's this notion, especially right now in the in the state of politics, that we need to uh sort of we want to elevate the conversation, and we need to we don't want to like be. Attacking or you know being you know we don't want to be going up to somebody in public and and saying like we don't like your policies or you suck Sarah Huckabee Sanders or you're the worst Paul Ryan or whatever <laughs> For example. and we need to and we need to just play nice because that's the respectful thing to do right so let me let civility. me yes that's the word civility and so this is this is a very layered. Issue. So, if somebody comes up to me and they're conservative, have a conservative leaning, and they disagree with our position on LGBTQI plus issues, and they Hmm. say you need to respect, you know, you can have your opinion, you need to respect mine. Right.
1: So So much for the tolerant left. Yes, et cetera,
0: et cetera. You know, you the intolerant you the intolerant tolerance or whatever mm-hmm. they like the conservatives like to say. So you know, John and I we, we talked about this after we received these these this comment. and I will happily say, oh, you have this sort of opinion about this theological, you you think this about the resurrection. Or this is your, this particular atonement theory, or this is how you think about these different contextual things. Sure. In theory, Mm -hmm. I'll disagree with your theological or philosophical concepts of the Bible. When it comes down to an actual person, if you're going to say this person is less than because they're gay, mm-hmm. or they're trans, mm-hmm. um, I'm just not going to respect that. I just, I'm just, i just not. Yeah. So if it's degrading someone's humanity, no, I'm not going to respect that. Right. And this, this is one of those issues that, no, we're not going to back down. And I'm, and I'm not sorry that if you think I'm being intolerant, because I'm not going to allow somebody's entire humanity to be brought down because you think they the bible says that they are immoral or less than human right because i think that is the immoral Mm -hmm. takeaway from the text
1: yeah i think it kind of gets back to something we were talking about on an episode a while ago which is like reducing people you know whether it's um LGBTQ people, like you were saying, or, um, when it comes to race and gender, like reducing a person to an issue becomes a point at which we like, yeah, it just, it's not, um, it's not clear cut. And when, you know, like you said, I think this is in the first episode, like once you started becoming friends with folks in college who came from a different background from you, that was kind of like one of the things that shifted your theology on some of that mm-hmm. stuff a little bit is like once you actually meet people and, and see once you study humans and <laughs> you see that they with my eye. Yep. And Bri. Like that they're Hashtag actual Bremerton people. And yeah. And are motivated by the same things that you are and can't be so easily put into an issue or a box, then it becomes a lot more difficult to hang your,
0: you know, hermeneutic on that. So Yeah. And at the end of the day those things that we're all trying to find love, acceptance, Mm -hmm. community, a a sense of self and identity and Mm -hmm. just general happiness. People just want to live. We were thrust into this life, into this world, into being not by choice. And we all have, we all have the same way out. And my feeling is that we need to find more ways mm-hmm. to have love in this world. And for some people, if that's, you know, a one, a man who's like, I find, I found this love with another man. That is great. That is amazing because that means there's more love taking place. Mm-hmm. and there's less sadness there's less hatred and i i i and it took me a long time to get to that point and to realize that myself and i just hope that more people come to that that consensus yeah. and and to embrace more of that positivity and it's actually one of the things i really like about the new mxpx album mm. Is that good segue <laughs> that there is so much positivity and yeah. gratitude, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people for them to maybe hear our podcast and and for the takeaway to be something negative when this whole idea of this podcast is a labor of love to talk about something that we that's been a big part of our lives for so long a band that we love and to try and spread some joy about Mm -hmm. um, about MXPX and you know that so it's, it's kind of bums me out that that was kind of the
1: yeah
0: but I don't know I guess I can maybe understand that they're like maybe felt attacked because yeah it's we're against family values as they, as they perceive. Right.
1: The Trump family values. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think I can sympathize more with the person who might be tuning in to hear a deep dive on panic and then being like, what, what are these dudes talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like if you're my career, for example. Um, sorry, Mike. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I think, you know, we're interested in the stuff that surrounds the culture, um, surrounds the band as much as we are, Getting into the deep dives of the, of the band and their discography. So, we are up for discussion and debate. Like, I don't want to close it off. Folks can send in their thoughts if you disagree, if you think we should approach things in a different way. You know, it's a pretty open format here for us, but.
0: No, for sure. And that's, and this is by no means uh, a shutting down of dissent. If, yeah. if p- someone wants to push back, go for it yeah but just know that we're going to push back too yeah so we're not going to just be like okay agree to disagree Mm -hmm. so we're we want to um we're not going to be assholes about it but this idea of civility in a time of nazis in the time of nazis children in cages children in cages Printing guns. Print, like sorry. like just stop naming things. No, they're everything's the, awful. The, the the thing is, like there's no end. Yeah. There is no end. So I'm not gonna be like, oh, you wanna put a baby in a cage and print a gun at home? Agree to disagree. <laughs> no, that is not that is not the way this is gonna go down. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Mm-hmm. So feel free to send us an e- email magnifiedpod at gmail.com, magnified uh, on on Twitter or Instagram, hit us up. Mm-hmm. I'm just a dude uh on Twitter for me
1: on tape with John
0: you know on so hit us up. we're not going to pretend like you're not not tweeting us, but you know we're gonna we will we will push back if if necessary um, and you know that we might that might be a segue into kind of talking about what the church is even for, what the church, what role the church plays right now Mm -hmm. in this time of 3D printing uh, guns, children in cages, Mm -hmm. um, Nazis running for political party. You know, where, what role does the church play in all this? John, you're... um, working on behalf of the ELCA. Um,
1: Opinions my own (laughs) for legal reasons.
0: (laughs) Yes. But yeah. Sorry. Disclaimer. John does not (laughs) speak on behalf of, so, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to like name, name name drop your denomination or anything, but, um, you know, so you're the most of the two of us, you're the one most directly involved with a church body. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what do you see as the role of the church right now because we're seeing a decline in church attendance, mm-hmm. especially people of our in our generation, our age um, what is there a role that the church should play going forward now or? As the church declines in attendance, how do they, how do they mobilize to address some of these issues? And I want you to solve this issue right now.
1: I will do it in a
0: soundbite
1: and in <laughs> rhyme. Um,
0: want me to drop a beat?
1: <laughs> yes, please. I'm just more comfortable that way. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Freestyle. Uh,
0: <laughs> John has hot bars.
1: <laughs> Yo, uh, that's the end of that. So I think, yeah. I mean. Uh, It's, I hear a lot of people, I think regardless of of whatever church or denomination or whatever you're part of, uh, faith tradition, I think it's probably not unusual to hear some pushback like, um, you know, don't make things political, don't step into the political realm. We, you know, we want to stick to whatever the scripture or church shouldn't be a place for that. But I hear just as many people saying, this is a time more than ever when um, the message of the gospel is needed when when living out peace and faith and love and action is uh, needed more than ever. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's always been a part of a lot of faith traditions is living out what does it look like to engage in your community, engage in the world. Um, for a lot of people, a background in a faith tradition has always been a part of that. Um, I think part of the question is like, what... Does, and we talked about this a little bit, I think, in the first episode, like where we referenced um, the piece about congratulations, church, you're dying. Right. 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 Yeah. So it's kind of like
0: shout out to John Pavlovitz,
1: Johnny Pavs. Um, is this is this a time to be fearful about what's happening um, for people for whom, you know, going to a place to worship is important? when a lot of those places are shrinking or leveling off, is this a time to be afraid or is it an opportunity to look at what does it look like to be the church in this century or for coming generations? Um, Is it a building? Is it podcasts and online communities? Is it more house group-based? I think that's a big question regardless of kind of your faith tradition. And I think more and more millennials especially are kind of saying, why should I um, gather at a particular building at a particular location every week? Especially, as you're saying, when living out your faith, responding to the world seems more pressing. So, yeah, I don't have any easy answers to this. I just think it's an interesting question. I think regardless of kind of where you fall along, you know, denominational or, or faith tradition lines, like what what it looks like to gather and, and worship and respond could be really interesting in these next years. I don't know. Something I think about a lot.
0: Yeah. And I, I think there's something just innately human about wanting to be in community of like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And I think the most easy go-to for that is church. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: There's not a lot of places where people consistently gather to acknowledge that they believe the same thing. Right. And I mean, there's, there's, I mean, even as an atheist, I gotta admit that there is, that is an attractive part of the church to go. And it's like when it's like going to any group event you go to see an MXPX show. You're all there for the same purpose, to have this experience together. You go see a stand-up. You laugh as a group. It immediately bonds you mm-hmm. as an audience. And so I, I, I understand the draw. I mean, there's the, even this part of me still that has this desire to participate in mm-hmm. some way, even without having that, um, belief, belief system Mm -hmm. and, and I, I, but that, that's not to say that any, any church would do. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, there in, in, when I was in seminary, I started doing this thing where I would, I was trying to visit every, as many churches in my hometown as yeah. i could interesting just to say like hey i am a person of 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 a different belief th- than you mm-hmm. or non-belief however you want to um phrase it and i live in this community and i want to just make myself known and i want to engage and interact with people and just say hey you know i'm i'm not somebody who doesn't want to talk to you or engage with you because we believe different things. On the contrary, I want to talk to you and engage with you and because I feel like that's an important thing to do, to find out the ways that we are similar and the ways that we can connect despite this, this difference. Because, John, I think you and I probably have, as in with most people, I think we have more in common than we do not in common Be- yeah. and it's like if we yeah we i if we want to talk theology we might disagree about this one particular element uh, of of theology but if we were to go through different texts and say like what do you what do you understand from this text i'm sure we would agree and like understand a lot of those things in a, in a similar way.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, but so that all that to say that there's a, an Episcopal church in where I live that, that I visited a couple years ago just to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm visiting, I'm in seminary for interfaith dialogue and I'm an atheist. i just kind of want to just get a understanding of your community and of your, of your church and the, uh, tell me out here. Do you remember what? What's the? It's not a pastor. What's the? At an Episcopal it's church. Priest. An
1: Episcopal church. I guess. Rector, okay. Rector. I don't Rector, know. Rector,
0: maybe. Yeah. So she was saying she's like, oh yeah, welcome, and we actually have a member here who is an atheist. Interesting. And he was one of the people that like, when they, I I don't know much about the Episcopal church, but they like bring in some of the elements and stuff, like mm-hmm. maybe like a cross or, right. or something, and he was participating hmm, in 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 the service, and that was very striking yeah. for me. And I have this every once in a while. I think, I mean, yeah, it's it. There's something still. And again, I I think I've said this in past episodes that, and I can hear, I can hear Ray Comfort and all these you know these and and all these right wing people out there who have made these arguments that atheists secretly mm-hmm. still believe in god mm-hmm. and you know my attraction or draw to be a part of a community says nothing about my um interest or not my interest but my level of belief in gods mm-hmm. um i just think it's about it's about the people. It's about the community, and you know I, I texted this or uh, tweeted this at you the other day that um, in relation to our former denomination, this Bonhoeffer quote, um, the church is the church only when it exists for others, and and I think when it's done right, that is. Probably the most attractive and useful version mm-hmm. of the church when it's not about indoctrinating or espousing, you know, f- uh, from on high that these are the beliefs everybody in the denomination or in the congregation needs to believe,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but saying, How can we serve? the greater community, mm-hmm. church body, the world, et cetera. How can we help? Yeah. It's versus like hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm
1: Yeah, uh, I was just going to say it's like that quote that's usually attributed to St. Francis that's like, preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. Like, the idea is you should be living your faith. It shouldn't be a... Um, you know, talking the talk only, but nothing to back it up, or, or um, coming from a place of uh, judgment, like the lyrics on early MXPX albums, but uh, living out that faith and, and modeling it for people, and having that be something that people would want to be a part of and join. So, in conclusion, I think it's in God's book, but you just want don't want to look. But we'll agree <laughs> to disagree on that one. Um, no, I mean, yeah, this, this is stuff that we're super interested in. I don't know. Listeners' mileage may vary on how interested they are, but if you, you know, if this resonates with folks out there, or if you have thoughts about kind of this question of what what should the church look like today, what will it look like, you know, definitely let us know what you're thinking.
0: You know, and I should have mentioned this earlier when we were talking about some of the feedback we were getting, but we have received numerous messages through Instagram, through email, mm-hmm. from people who said they grew up in a similar way to us, mm-hmm. but have since moved away from religion. And that also interests me because that is my experience. And, you know, this is this is something that we, when we say, reach out to us with your stories, please do. It, it very much is yep. a part of the... Um, the building blocks of what this show is is about so Mm -hmm. um and and as the show continues to grow we want to try and incorporate more conversations with with listeners and um so that so if if you have a story that you know you want to share please reach out to us and and talk to us about it this is this is a conversation this is a community of people This is, you know, this is about you and us and MXPX and this whole, this whole community of people that we're all a part of. So Mm -hmm. get involved. Yeah. Hit us up.
1: For sure. Uh, heady stuff on this pod. Yeah. We,
0: we (laughs) just, we jumped right into it.
1: (laughs) But, uh, we have an important album to discuss. Yes, we do. So, um, Perhaps we collect ourselves and
0: yes. return
1: in a few minutes.
0: Yes, that sounds like a good idea. Um, this, I don't know. This might be one of the the shorter eps. We'll see what happens.
1: We'll see. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot to talk about. There's a lot minute. to
0: talk about. It's there. We don't want to. We don't want to rush it. So, we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, we will be discussing track by track. Of the two thousand five release, Panic. All right, we're back, and we are going to be talking panic in this segment. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, I, Andrew Phelan, one of your hosts, <laughs> um, and sitting here next to the one and only... John Potter. John Potter. J.P.E.Z. J.P.E.Z. From St. Paul Minnesota. That's right. That's that, what I always say. That's what, I mean, that's that's why I said it, because right, yeah. everybody Obvi. always says Minnes menace, Maybe Miniseleazy... <laughs>
1: I feel like maybe I've heard that at some point, really? yeah <laughs> uh, if not, we should say it all the time now
0: yep that's our new our new catchphrase j p z from minnesleazy.
1: <laughs> love it
0: <laughs> okay, so we're we're talking two thousand and five because mm-hmm. that is when panic dropped, and I picked this album up in two thousand and five when it came out mm-hmm. uh John, you had you've stated previously that, at I think after, um, before, before everything and after you'd kind of fallen off. So you didn't get this album at the, when it came out. No. So what was going on with John Potter in 2005, keeping him
1: from the goodness, from the goodness, from the the sweet,
0: sweet punk rock jams.
1: I mean, this came out, I think right after I graduated college. Okay. Um, and so my mind was definitely elsewhere. Uh I was not a minute sleazy, but moving from shy City to Washington D C. Z. <laughs> and uh we gotta just keep I'm gonna, that going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop it now. Um and uh yeah, I was about to uh my wife and I, girlfriend at the time, just moved out to DC, um, right after graduation. I had um I did a program with Sojourner's Magazine there and uh, lived and worked there for a while. And so that's what brought us out there. And I don't know, I have this memory of having the MP3s of panic on my computer somehow and like listening through and just not really being in a place to absorb them. So I think I sort of forgot about it. But yeah, I was in a different mental headspace in terms of like... What was going on in life, and what when I was paying attention to, I don't even really remember a lot of other records that year that were meaningful. Although maybe if I looked at a list, I'd see. But like, I just remember thinking about, okay, this is the next chapter, and right. uh, yeah, I uh, I didn't. I even like looked back recently at the tour they did that year because they played in DC at the Nine Thirty Club, which okay. is like famous, right. Uh, a lot of punk bands in DC had shows there and wasn't far from where I lived and they played there. Um, but I completely missed that, which is weird looking back, but I think I was just kind of mentally checked out at that point.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm taking a look at kind of what was, what came out. Mm-hmm. Kanye's late registration. Right, that, I Apple do remember that being
1: like a big one that, year.
0: um, Sufjan's Illinois. Uh, yeah, for sure. That, that was, I don't know, maybe, I think in indie circles, sure. Illinois was a huge...
1: Huge for me, for sure.
0: For Yeah, great. Um, Demon Days by Gorillaz mm-hmm. was pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning by Bright Eyes, In Your Honor by Foo Fighters. Yeah. Those were albums that I...
1: M.I.A., I think. I copped. First record that year, big for me.
0: Yeah. Um, so you were seems like then you were probably moving away from maybe punk yeah in in general
1: i think so i don't think i was aware too much of what was going on in the punk world around that time um except for the fact that i was definitely aware moving to dc of like the dc punk history and roots um there and that was like i was still into all that stuff like the discord stuff and minor threat and bad brains and all that but that was obviously stuff that had existed a long time before I moved there. So yeah, I was kind of not up to date on the scene at that point.
0: Yeah, I can, I can understand that. But on the other hand, when I think about this particular album, it does, it sort of having the uh, more of a return to form for MXPX, Mm -hmm. I would have thought after the, Last three albums that they had put out, that you might be like, oh, yeah, this is um, more getting back into less pop, more aggressive, maybe having some more darker mm-hmm. tones to the songwriting.
1: Yeah, I remember even hearing that, I think, at the time, or maybe it was a little later, that like people were saying it was a return to form. And I think I listened and it was just like, uh, I don't know that I was in a place. Than to really, like, observe that and or appreciate. And, yeah, but it's funny because I'm. Well, I want to hear about where you were at in two thousand five. Sure. But I am. Were
0: you were you and Jenny engaged at that point, or when did no, you? No,
1: that was '08. Okay. Got engaged, but, um, yeah, I'm grateful to this pod for bringing panic into my life, <laughs> because now I'm at a place where I'm ready to receive it. And, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it later, but I really love this record now, and I definitely think it's a return to form. I definitely yeah. think they're hitting on politics and justice yeah. stuff in a way that they hadn't for a long time, which yeah. we obviously both resonate with, so.
0: Right. And I, I liked this album mm-hmm. when it came out, uh, but I, I didn't feel as strongly about it then as I do now. I I think it over the years it has significantly hmm. grown on me and it is you know when we look at I don't know maybe we maybe we can talk about what other people think about the album a little bit later but it seems like a lot of people yeah kind of put this in the either like in the middle hmm. um or like somewhere in their top five Mm -hmm. so i think that says something about the album if it's if they people mxpx fans are putting it with the likes of life in general or slowly going the way of the buffalo that they also feel just as strongly about it
1: yeah i i mean there are no songs that i dislike on this record which is something i have not said since life in general on the pod so yeah I feel like the highs of slowly going away with the Buffalo are higher for me, but this might be a more consistent record overall.
0: You know that, and that's what I don't understand because the, uh, one of the criticisms I have, or no, not that I have, that I have heard about, about this album is that it's not, it's not as cohesive mm, as let's say before everything. And after that, that, People hmm. say that feels like sure. a cohesive sort of sound and tone. And it's like, okay, yeah, but in terms of consistency of songwriting and quality, yeah, yeah, the, the styles of the songs on Panic vary, mm-hmm. but I I like that. That yeah. is something I really, really appreciate about the album.
1: It almost feels like... A concept album in a way for them, which is like different territory, but it feels very of the moment. And you know, we were talking about 05, and they definitely, I think it's clear that the record is influenced by the war in Iraq and terrorism and the media, and just it, it brought back that time. And living in DC then was kind of crazy because I just remember there were constant like concerts and festivals on the mall of these bands, you know, playing anti-war and anti-bush songs and I wasn't lumping this record in with that but it's clear looking back now that it's very much like a response to that time so
0: yeah the I think that's sort of when you look at the lyrics to some of the songs the sort of the cynical tone the dark tone of a lot of the songs is was of that time feeling and especially when if you think so Mike, the guys would have been in their mid to late twenties, right. and when I think about, kind of, when I was in my mid to late twenties, um, I was also kind of feeling a Young, little depressed. bit. <laughs> Seriously, though, yeah. feeling that you, you you that some of that idealism that you had of your youth starts to wear and you're like, you do feel a little bit helpless that you don't like th- everything is happening. You have little control over what's going on. Yeah. And, and we'll like, we'll get into some of those concepts in, in, in some of the songs a little later, but, mm-hmm. um, 2005 did feel like, um, you know, we, we, Bush was in the middle of his second term and, um, or maybe, I guess he had just started, maybe start his right. his second term, which mm-hmm. was a significant, significant <laughs> bummer.
1: As I've said on the pod before, I distinctly remember the morning yeah. after the election, you yeah. leaving me a lengthy voicemail in college, just like mentally processing what was happening.
0: <laughs> I, d- I don't remember. I don't remember that.
1: You were like you will be 26 when he is done with his presidency. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that or something like that.
0: <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah I remember, right. um, that Dana and I were, um, so this was my sophomore year in college. And we, uh, saw that the next morning that John Kerry had conceded, Mm -hmm. And we both went to chapel that morning after hearing the news and, and Dana was just sort of quietly crying Mm -hmm. and just that like helplessness that you were like, why, Mm -hmm. why are people, and that was also the, the election that was, it was the family values election that, that was the issue that swayed people. Mm-hmm. Um but it seems like a more innocent time. Yeah, right. Now.
1: It's so wild to look back on that and be like, "Oh, there was no problems." <laughs> I mean, I mean there were problems, the, to be clear, but
0: the, the illegal war <laughs> yes in Iraq and a problem that that sort of thing, but um but for me 2005 was a pretty significant year I went to uh, first semester um, on Martha's Vineyard at the, this music school, and spent a semester writing and recording some music.
1: Perhaps we'll hear some of that in a bit.
0: I think yeah. I think we definitely will. So, in the our last episode, we talked about how I'd spent that semester end of two thousand three in the fall in Sweden, mm-hmm. and then this semester I was on Martha's Vineyard. Which might sound like really great because it's this little island and it's full full of like rich people and it's Kennedys and Kennedy's and that's the association. But um, this was from January until April or May.
1: Freezing balls. So,
0: freezing balls across <laughs> across Martha's Vineyard. There's uh, literally there are very few people who live there year round. Hmm. So it was snowy, it was Mm -hmm. cold, it was mostly deserted. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it was one of the best ways that you could write music, just feeling sort of secluded with not a whole bunch of distractions. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started doing a a lot of my serious political writing Mm -hmm. and getting into... I, I brought with me this giant book of all of the collected writings of Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. And so I was like, all right, this is my inspiration. And I just would take, like sometimes take um, phrases and use them as the lyrics in, in some of my songs. And I mm. named one of my songs after um, one of his books. He, I think he had a book, called strength to love hmm. and that was one of the songs that I wrote and recorded while I was while I was there and it was the it was something that I felt very proud of but unfortunately towards the end of the end of the semester the person who was engineering me um something had happened with her external hard drive where we had kept the original recording and it got lost and so oh, we man. had to re-record it and sort of in a quick, in a quick fashion, but, Yikes. um, but still I think it turned out really well. Yeah, man. So
1: I have sh- this memory, a quick interjection of one I'm, of the, I'm
0: just going to quick interjection, crack
1: it open. Yeah.
0: Boom. Yeah. Good
1: times are flowing <laughs> here in my basement.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> Satan, Satan in my car That's a, <laughs> with a flask yeah from a
1: flask i, I should have uh, we have a uh, very special app with daniel leary aka mxpeaks memes coming up yes but i should have asked him is he did he he didn't actually think those were the words did he?
0: <laughs> yeah we should have we should have asked <laughs> he him. he seems
1: like pretty insistent about it i'm like i think you're just joking but
0: it's it's pretty i think it's pretty funny <laughs> considering the amount of people that are like I'm oh, not
1: Christian anymore, <laughs> yeah. but then, Satan in his car, Satan in his car. from a flask, <laughs> just embracing the criticism. Yeah. Um, no, I was just going to say, yeah, the, uh, one of the last Tiger Jack songs that never got recorded, uh, was inspired by the Langston Hughes poem where, you know, he says, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it do this or this? And then right, it ends right. with, or does it explode? Um, and very pretentiously, I called that last song, dot, 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 or Does It Explode? <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was super dope at the time. And looking back, I'm like, not sure I can uh, invoke Langston Hughes as a, you know, privileged white kid. But still, uh, yeah, I feel like I was in the same mental headspace as you with the yeah. King influence
0: there. I'm, I mean, that because one of the things that I was drawing on King uh, specifically uh, from him was this... As somebody of, as a person of faith, mm-hmm. and as someone who was preaching nonviolence, yeah. which was one of my critiques and frustrations with my my growing awareness of the evangelical right mm-hmm. was the conflation of uh, Christianity, nationalism, and violence and war, and somehow having all of that lumped together. And I rejected that, and on some of my early readings that you know, being exposed to um, MLK in my in my early um teens um, and throughout college was this he was nonviolent mm. and and a person of faith and he, and he rejected the, you know, militarism and, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people like to do this sort of, um, revisionist history about how everybody loved Martin Luther (laughs) King. And, and it's like, um, bro, he was assassinated and he did not get a lot of love for his criticism of the Vietnam war. No. So, we can't just look back with these rose colored glasses and pretend that everything that everybody was on board with him, right, and
1: That he was just this like nice guy, <laughs> like, yeah, he was no, a radical,
0: yeah, he was a radical. And this, these same people that were like, you know, who like to talk about how great he is, but then at the same time will get pissed about people shutting down roads and bridges for protests. Yeah, it's like, right. bro, that's <laughs> like, he, that's yeah. literally. From his from his handbook,
1: I would yep. like to call a moratorium on. Well, I think what Dr. King would say about yep. this. Yep, <laughs> like, that is no more. To, please,
0: let's please not.
1: Unless you're like John Lewis or whatever, yeah.
0: like uh, <laughs> no doing I, that. I think I think um, the only only people who can say that are people with the last name King. Yeah. <laughs> and John Lewis and people <laughs> who actually marched with him and and were friends with him. So. Right. I think to sum it up shut the fuck up. So well said. <laughs> on that note, let's yeah. hear a little bit of um of so Strength to Love.
1: Shreds, dude.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: The pit is about to open. let go! So good.
3: With a bomb, get a knife These pips and governments Try to take us all to war They try and sell us lies To fight their battles like their are whores They spread their fear and propaganda by way mind, and the straight to love. Hey! Hey! Let's go! Love your brother, love your sister, been on violent resistor. Love your enemy and your neighbor, love your god and love your savior. If you see people as a personal cogs never turning wheel, Let your heart, heart will never love, cause you've the capacity to feel. Don't just become numbers that are counted when they die. Yeah, the only justice you believe is the kind that gets dropped from the sky.
1: We, uh, when we were listening to this earlier, I said we, we hit up Andrew's delivery corner at some point in there. <laughs> we do. I <laughs> can't remember if that was that part or not.
0: No, no, it's, <laughs> it's um, yeah, impersonal cogs and a never turning wheel. Yes. That is, that is, um, that is a quote. The reason I it sounds so weird, Good. I like it. <laughs> um, is it's it's lifted from um, Strength to Love. Oh, cool. So that's like I said. I yeah. I took there's some lines. He says. Um, from from strength to love, Martin Luther King Jr. writes: The hard-hearted individual never sees people as people, mm. but rather as mere objects or mm. as impersonal cogs in an ever-turning wheel. That's awesome. This and like
1: it, ties in so well to what we were saying in the intro segment about like reducing yeah people to issues supposedly yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and and th- so I remember when I wrote when I wrote um, these lyrics and 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 I presented the song to my to my other classmates and to my teachers and you know i and i read them because that was part of the songwriting process is that Hmm. you would read the lyrics of something that you had just written and sort of explain it and and so some of my lines uh tender heart tough mind and the strength to love toughness of a serpent softness of a dove and they're like is this a they they're sort of off put, put off by like this is a punk song but what what is this and so I, but these mm. are um, again direct quotes from his chapter a tough mind in a tender heart it is pretty difficult to imagine a single person having simultaneously the characteristics of the serpent and the dove, hmm. but this is what Jesus expects. We must combine the toughness of the serpent and the softness of a dove, a tough mind, and a tender heart. So good. And so uh, I, I, just rereading some of these quotes and, and thinking about um, these, you know, Chapter two, transformed Nonconformists. So, you good. know, uh, Jesus is a radiant light revealing the ugliness of our stale conformity. I, I mean, those this, are punk lyrics. He's Dr. Punk, King. He's punk, he is punk, <laughs> punk AF. AF.
1: Always has been. So, Dude, I if I have not said it already, that song is legit. Like, <laughs> all the stuff about. Ah, uh, Tiger Jack, is so good. This is so embarrassing. Like this, this is really good. So
0: I appreciate that. It's well done, sir. It makes me. It gives me that feeling of nostalgia, thinking about playing those live shows, and because that was at on Martha's Vineyard when I was at that school, it was one of the first times I had experienced playing with yeah. a live yeah. full band, so, and it was like the best feeling in the world.
1: So Tiger Jack reunion. Andrew and his dudes
0: Yeah Band reunion
1: <laughs> Morning after maybe Yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah I think I think a reunion Needs to happen that would These songs be, need to be played live
0: That'd be so fun I Do
1: think you, we also need to hear The ending of the song
0: Okay <laughs> We <laughs> need to hear the Andrew's delivery
3: corner
1: Well and the beautiful scream That comes at the end Yeah
3: I think
1: that was it <laughs> yeah,
0: Where's so, that scream at? So that, oh, That's at the very end. So the, the words are, if we could all st- start thinking nonviolently, then maybe we could actually solve some problems without killing anyone. We'd all truly be free. Sure. So, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> so good. I definitely hear the propaganda influence in there.
0: Yeah, I think that was one of the first, around the first time I started... Mm. listening to propaganda um so yeah here let's uh we'll get to the oh, yeah. mic <laughs> yes. wait, wait for it
1: so good it puts the uh <laughs> pain scream in <laughs> Was that slowly? I can't even
0: remember. Oh yeah, to shame
1: <laughs> you really.
0: <laughs> well, you can you can truly hear the flesh marks on my heart. Yes, the veins popping,
1: <laughs> the flesh marks.
0: There, I so once the the people at, uh, at my school learned that I had, uh, the, that proclivity towards screaming, uh-huh. um, I was, um, brought on for another song. Uh, another like this slow piano jam, and mm. then like I came in at the end of the song and just like started doing my like <laughs> super like metal emo scream yeah. for for the song. And I love it because the first time they performed it at the at the performance night that we had, um, I was standing off stage and like just like in the hallway, and yeah. then when my part came. I just walked in, picked the (laughs) microphone up off the floor, Uh and just started... (laughs) So great.
1: (laughs) I miss those days. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, when we would record a practice or whatever, like, and then I'll scream, like, just as hard as I can, and then doing it live and being like, oh, this is not sustainable. Like, I can't do this repeatedly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how people do it.
0: No, I... It's It's hard. And it's also... It's a muscle too, because if you're not screaming or anything on a regular basis, <laughs> it goes away. I usually scream a few times a day. <laughs> when you just like let just like the blood <laughs> curdling go to bed.
3: <laughs> <sighs> uh,
1: yeah, shout out to uh, the second obscure punk documentary I'm going to plug on this pod. Okay, I don't remember hear. the name of this, but. There was this vocal coach who was infamous for, like... She was, like, this famous... Oh, right. Yeah, but she was the coach for all these, like, screamo and hardcore singers. And she, like, taught them how to sing properly so that they didn't blow out their yeah. chords and everything. Anyway. Yeah,
0: I I've, I feel like over the course of uh, the, the career of anti-flag, mm-hmm. I think I've noticed... <laughs> Justin Sain's voice yeah, little... has started to yeah. go. Like, he, it, it just doesn't, he doesn't have the scream really anymore. Right. and I think he's probably fucked up his vocal cords. It's from a lot of
1: years of screaming.
0: Lots of years of being punk AF. It'll do it.
1: Well, and, so I think we've concluded that in 05, you were in a very uh, rockin' place. Um. That's true,
0: and... <laughs> And it's also the summer that Dana and I got engaged.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: So we would be married uh, a little over a year later.
1: So when Before Everything and After comes out, you meet her. When Panic comes out, you get engaged. Yep.
0: Um, And then in 2006, MXPX does nothing for me.
1: (laughs) Well, they did um, release Let's Rock. So that's something future app we'll, we'll discuss perhaps.
0: Yeah. No, this has, it has some, it has some good, has some good songs on it. It has the sweet, sweet thing slash family affair that somebody had called out as one of their uh, favorite. I think it was Alex Retro who said Mm. from before everything and after that family affair
1: Oh, right. was yeah, uh, yeah.
0: one of his was one of his joints. Heard a couple so of people so say that. speaking of um people's jams, yeah. Let's let's shout out what people think about panic before we get into the yeah. the play by play.
1: We put the magnified pod signal out in the sky and <laughs> you all responded with your yes. beautiful takes.
0: Yeah. Thank so, you for that. Yeah, we appreciate it. Jason Ariano says that this is his favorite MXPX album. I don't I I don't know if we've had somebody say definitively yet yeah. if something was there. Maybe yeah. maybe someone said on the before everything and after was, but he Jason says that he was not a huge fan of the Ever Passing Moment or Before Everything and After, and they were those albums were just too poppy for him. But Panic has a great punk rock sound, and he called out the uh, Five Iron Frenzy. Hmm. Heard that sound so good version, and yes,
1: that that bodes well for the EP the coming with EP. the horns. I'm excited that about that. That unequivocally
0: will be will be on that. Um, so speaking of Alex Retro, he got this album for his fifteenth birthday, and and he said what the heck this doesn't sound like the songs on my let it happen and 10 years in running CDs no it sounds too dark and less positive positive. and he, that is yeah on the nose that is correct
1: yeah i'm i'm here for dark MXPX. yeah let
0: me say it, that but he said that it quickly began to he loved the new style and he says it's in his top 3 yeah so not not people people are saying it's not in their you know it's in their top 5 but he says yeah top three
1: i'm pretty um, confident about saying top five for me
0: yes yeah i'm confident as well somebody else mr benji martin said it used to be his third after buffalo and let it uh um, life in general but all that, that all changed mm, last right. tuesday yeah big day so That's got a little came out. <laughs> little shifting um and rich from the At Podcast. Love, he said, loved it so much. Darkest places is insane. Waiting is a great song. This weekend, and he said initially it was an Arthur song, and I I ha- I haven't heard that that version yeah. of Arthur. Some people are calling out the Arthur influence.
1: Yeah, a lot of people mention Arthur. This is probably the time for us to hang our heads in shame and say we don't know Arthur super
0: well. No, I um, missed the I missed the Arthur boat in high school. I had I had one buddy. Who was into Arthur, but...
1: It was hard to find, the EP. Yeah. I felt like it was. And then, I, you know, like I said, I missed the last three records, so I completely missed that they even did the LP, and now I feel like that's hard to find, yeah. too. But anyway, we'll talk about Arthur later.
0: Yep. Yeah. Jeff French says... Like, this one grew on him and sits as number 4
1: mm-hmm.
0: And um, our, our buddy, Josh Aguilera says that it's the first mxpx album that he owned on cd and it blew his mind <laughs> um yeah, I and see that. yeah and somebody else said that the, the first time uh, the real the real jc the no sorry real cj funk mm-hmm. says that he um yeah he heard it for the first time three years ago and at the same time he discovered all the later years records for everything and after plans within plans he loved panic immediately and it's his fave of those four for sure
1: Hmm.
0: plans within plans close second Mm -hmm. um riker paul panic isn't my number one but it's definitely one of my favorites Mm -hmm. um second favorite album from david um design
1: Bazan, David Bazan. Dave (laughs) Bazan. That's so weird that he (laughs) weighed in.
0: Yeah, no. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your last name, Um, but yeah, we we a lot of getting a lot of panic love.
1: Yeah. Because. Like to see that.
0: Yeah. After we talking before everything and after, and a lot of people were saying, "Uh, not." Yeah. Not so much. Yeah,
1: range of reactions, but I feel like it's safe to say, definitely. Toward the bottom of the list for most yes. PXPXers.
0: Before, before everything and after that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so, um, did you have anything else you wanted to discuss before we start talking about some of the details? I don't of think so. The production.
1: I mean, it's clear that they're in a very different place <laughs> than they were on the last record. Yeah. And it would be. I mean, it's interesting. Having listened to the new record a lot lately and then yeah. hearing this record a lot this week preparing for the show because panic feels more like them, but there's still a level of production sheen on it
0: I um, this is this is my takeaway and I so panic is obviously produced very well yeah it still has some great pop. Um, production on it Mm -hmm. but it's not overdone it's done it has that sweet spot of production for me and when you look at before everything and after and you compare it to this one that this still panic still has the production but it still sounds raw it's it the vocals at times feel like Mike is pushing it and the, they sound a little blown out yeah. and the, uh, and like aggressive. And it has like one of the most hardcore songs yeah. on it Which since, um, since slowly yeah. with uh, Fist versus Tact. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's, I, we haven't heard something like this from them in yeah. in, in years. So
1: I have in my notes pushing himself vocally. <laughs> like yeah. I think both in terms of screaming and stuff like we were saying, but also just like, I feel like his voice is really strong on this record. Like he's doing things, um, with going between notes and stuff that he yeah. doesn't normally do. So yeah, I mean, I will say it comes right up to the line of syrupy slash two produced for me sometimes, but it never crosses over. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting hearing Mike talk about the new record and saying, um, that feels like the first time really, where it sounds like them without anyone messing with it or putting yeah. kind of their take on it. So I can feel like, Panic is close to that, but you know there's another influence on it too. Um, yeah, but yeah,
0: and I think I think any of the production syrupiness that you're talking about, I 100% let slide. Yeah, because the songwriting is yeah, there. Yeah, totally. If there's... if the songwriting were mediocre, I'd be like, I think the production would probably have to come in and try and has to, have to save the weak songs. Right. But as we've already said, I don't feel like there's a bad song on this record.
1: Agreed. Yeah, I, you know, there's um, there's no song that, like, has a part in it that might make me a little wary that doesn't then save itself later. Like, I feel like every song eventually goes to place where so I'm like, oh, okay, I'm in in that song now.
0: Like, yeah. So speaking of production... We have the likes of Steve Edgerton. Mm-hmm. Are we? Are we assuming that's how you pronounce his name? I believe so. I don't know if I've ever actually heard how his name is pronounced, but I'm assuming it's that. Yeah. Um, m- more well known for uh, being in The Descendants mm-hmm. and all. Right. Uh, but he has worked with MXPX on a number of occasions. Mm-hmm. And I, for the longest time, operated under the assumption that he was the primary yeah. producer.
1: We were texting about this a bit. Yeah. It makes sense, that narrative, because it's like, yeah, like we said, he'd, he'd work with them a fair amount. The Descendants and all feel like, I think you can sense that influence on the yeah. record. Yeah, He'd produced Ace Troubleshooter, like we said, Slick Shoes, Mustard Plex. Right. So he very much in that world, but... We but discovered.
0: But I discovered, I looked uh, at the other credit, this guy, Gavin McKillop, um, Gabby Mack, if you will.
1: <laughs> big Gabby Mac.
0: Big old Gav Gav's <laughs> Mac. He, I, I looked in the liner notes, yeah. and he's cr- pretty much credited mm-hmm. for the entire album, and Steven Edgerton only did uh, some work on a couple songs. Right. And so I was like, well, who is this guy? Yeah. And I think because... I assumed it was Steven who did a majority of it because of the punk right. aesthetic, the more uh, aggressive punk rock songs. And I thought, Oh, well that makes sense. But then when I saw it, it this guy, Gavin, I'm like, who the hell, who the hell's Gavin? Yeah. And I started looking at his, his biography and his credits. And I was it's like, interesting. Like, how did he end up, As the producer,
1: apparently they like sought him out, like they recruited him for it. So I don't know what the
0: background is. Yeah, so he's done a lot with Toad the Wet Sprocket, Mm -hmm. Goo Goo Dolls. He did a Sarah McLachlan album. When I think Panic,
1: I think Sarah McLachlan.
0: (laughs) Uh, The Rembrandts, so bare naked ladies. You know, you know, the Rembrandts, famous for the Friends theme song. yes (laughs) nailed it i'll be there for you uh but the but the album that came out that gabs did right before this dropped was rock against bush volume two in 2004 and punk goes 80s and i'm wondering if that had something to do with it because
1: he did did a lot of 80s stuff too i mean he has some punk history like he did a lot of the public image limited. He records, did public, yeah. He did which that. Which gives Sim- you some Simple cred. lines. Yeah, Adam Ant. Uh, yeah, so Adam
0: Ant. Yeah. So yeah, an interesting not, guy for sure. It's not there, but in the '90s, he unequivocally was doing a lot of pop
1: rock for sure.
0: And I, I was like, okay, I, whatever. But it sounds great. So credit where credit is yeah. due.
1: I'm he, glad. Sorry. I'm
0: glad it doesn't sound like yeah. um, you, you know some of this other some of the other stuff that he's done no no shitting on Toad the Wet Sprocket yeah, yeah, because no, I mean, Fear is a yeah. solid album
1: clearly a legit producer just like if I would have heard that if I was paying attention that this was the guy they were bringing on after before everything I'd be like oh boy you know like another one of those records but it, yeah if
0: and and I don't know may, maybe that would have been more, that'd be a, a more 2018 so, sure. because this was like pre the explosion of social media. Yeah. So the awareness right. of like, that would have been one of those things like it would have been on the cover of every yeah. um, music thing that they've, you know, MXPX has secured, you know, Gabby Mack for their, for their latest album. And <laughs> we'd be like, who the hell's Gabby Mac? <laughs> yeah. And then I think that might have soured our yep. be like oh well and then we might have gone into the album looking for things to criticize right it
1: yeah it's interesting that this is so this is the first record with side one dummy back on an yep. indie label yeah they had asked to be let go from anm i think i had heard that like they felt like they weren't getting the attention that they wanted there um so it's an interesting move i mean side one dummy did a lot of punk stuff i think still does and so they were kind of looking for a new environment and it definitely feels, um, I mean, we'll get into the influences, but you can tell Mike has always super been into social distortion and you can hear the social de-influence throughout the album. Like there's kind of that country cow punk feel on some songs. Yeah. We'll get into one in particular, but yeah, it feels a little more like what they had always said they'd been influenced by here.
0: Yeah. And, and, um, you'll hear, on our bonus episode later this week with uh, Daniel Leary from MXPX memes his his take on Joe Sib and what he what he thinks where Joe played a role in in this album mm-hmm. with uh, MXPX. Uh, Joe Sib being the uh, one of the founders of Side One Dummy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Shall we get into into it? it. Um, So track one, The Darkest Places, Panic, MXPX, boom. Country's in a panic when I turn on the tube. Mm.
2: Whoa.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, this this song is really good. So good. Starts off in the absolute opposite way of Before Everything and After. (laughs) No wasting time. (laughs) Starts off with the floor toms and like. (laughs) It sounds great. The (laughs) drums on this album. Yeah, pick slides, everything into the chorus. Boom. So good. So good.
1: Yeah, I. So, top three songs we'll talk about, but this is my number one. Like, and this is the. So, the first song has been my favorite song on three of the last four records we've done. Wow. Which is interesting. And the new album, I think, but we'll get into that later. Like, yeah, I just, again, I didn't know this song at all really until really recently. And now it's one of my favorite MXPX songs. Like that's, I love that, it.
0: That's a big it, deal.
1: It's so driving the chorus. is So great. Like you were saying, you're talking about politics again. <laughs> they're talking yeah. about unions. Yes. <laughs> like, this isn't, this feels so great.
0: <laughs> there'll be, uh, there'll be cynics, uh, building, there'll be cynics, uh, holding clinics about where we have been with every self-proclaimed historian. So great. You know, I, I, um, I some of the so the lyrics in this <laughs> I was just album. Say,
1: you're straining to read those because <laughs> no, they're the, so tiny.
0: Yeah, the, the I'm straining to read these because um, if we if we want to get into this too, might as well since you brought it up.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you.
0: No, but. it's because this is um, uh, we're talking about the entirety of the record, mm-hmm. and I do like the cover art. Yeah, it's cool. um, But the lyrics printed in this booklet are so obnoxiously small for whatever reason. I don't know why this was designed this way. Mm -hmm. The art is really cool. I like the dark, like almost living in a, um, post-apocalyptic world. There are tanks, Mike and the guys are like standing in the street with moths flying through like, Obviously, this is like some sort of plague analogy or symbolism. Something bad's going down. Um, Or, you know, the deterioration of cities. They're they're kind of, you see bits of color of what Mm -hmm. the cities and places used to look like, but but the bridges are falling apart. So,
1: yeah, it's definitely... Shout out to Seth Roberts, who commented... On our uh, post, that he he did the work for it, the design work, and uh, he said the businessman on the cover is him. So, <laughs> big ups to you, Seth. Well done. Oh
0: snap, John. I'm having I'm conflicted <laughs> because in one of the episodes, I called an audible the day of Uh-oh. about I think it was uh, ever passing moment that I had changed one of my top three, and I'm having a really hard time because. I'm, I'm really thinking about making the darkest Switching places, in. but I, I think I've got to say it's, it's in my top four, sure. but I just, it's hard because I want to say it, but yeah, I want to, I don't want to be that guy who's sure. just like,
1: <sighs> what if my rhetorical powers are so convincing that I just swayed you to including it? That would be fine too. <laughs>
0: that would, that would be acceptable as well. Uh, do you have anything else to say about,
1: I don't dark think places.
0: So. You want to move on to uh, Young and Depressed I'm ready
2: You've got so many problems No one else will choose all them Where did the time go Everybody wants to know Life goes on day like it can't get harder when you feel like a martyr. When you've lost all control, that's when you let the whole world know you're young and depressed. With no future
1: God, that riff is so great. The riff so is great. so perfect.
0: <laughs> and and this is one of my, my the things I didn't that I had with some of Before Everything and After, mm. that the yeah. riffs on this album yeah. are strong. Yeah. They come out the gate really solid, and they're memorable, and you have to air guitar along with them.
1: <laughs> you must. You must. Yeah, this is my number two. Number two. I love it.
0: This. yeah there's nothing there's nothing um so you know when when you are looking through at the lyrics of this song what what do you take what are you taking from it
1: i mean it definitely you've talked before about mike referencing potential mental, mental illness issues yes. and like when you said it i was like yeah i guess so but this album yes we, we've left it's right we've left uh the, the vocab corner, the delivery corner, the emo corner maybe, but we're, we're firmly in the crazy and yeah. depressed corner throughout this album. So
0: I feel like now might be a time for me to sort of address something I said in the Before Everything and After episode, or mm-hmm. I, I may, and maybe I just didn't phrase it in the way, I, I've been thinking about it like...
1: Yeah, I didn't mean to make it weird, but... What? Just like that, yeah, I assume you're going to talk about the mic thing.
0: Yeah, like how I I was saying that, like based on some of the the, the lyrics and the things he said, and I referred to it in well adjusted how everything's like, you know, getting a lobotomy. He's in a mental penitentiary. He's he, it, he's being strapped down, and yeah, and I was thinking like this for some if somebody is not struggling with the mental illness or some sort of Anxiety or something that would be kind of a weird topic to address, um, and so I think I said something along the lines of, "I, I maybe sound weird, but I hope that's the case, and he's not just like." And of course, I don't want Mike <laughs> or anybody to to suffer from mental illness. Of course not. I mean, I have had my own mental illness mm-hmm. issues. I. I take medication for anxiety and depression and um, many years of panic attacks and things like that. So it's not something I wish on anybody. Yeah. Um, I It's just so I think in this, the execution and the writing on this album uh, uh, on the topic of mental illness and it's just much stronger. Yeah, it's a lot. And he talks about it a lot Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's just, um, maybe that's where he was at in this time and maybe that's why he, why the tone is darker because there was, it's not just the world, and maybe there's more.
1: Yeah. It is weird. Like we said, I mean, the last record is so positive and syrupy. We said there's a lot of love songs.
0: Yeah. This is like. Two years later. Yeah. Two years
1: later. Less love songs and more like there's a lot of songs about like relationship fights. Um, and there's well, also e-
0: even, even like the love song, if you want to, we'll get to wrecking hotel rooms, mm-hmm. but if you even want to call that a love song, it's it, the t- even the tone of that song yeah, yeah. is much darker. I feel like
1: you know, whereas on Before Everything and Ever Passing Moment there were similar sentiments expressed as in this song, but they came off as emo here. It it feels darker and more like classically punk in a way that I can get down with more easily. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, and so I, I hope I, I, I've been thinking about it the past week. Um, he's with, pissed
1: by the way <laughs> he texted me.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, it's not something I wish on him or yeah. anyone. So, uh, my apologies, for if anybody um, was offended by that, that was uh, just poorly, poorly phrased. Um, But anyway, no one even said anything, but it's just more like self self acknowledging. That's like, like I have issues with anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression. Why would I say that? But I guess maybe just because I'm sensitive to it. Sure. But whatever. No, I mean, I think I've belabored the point.
1: (laughs) Sure. I was just going to say, I have spent a lot of time in therapy and, I see the benefits of that and I didn't like immediately connect. Like when you said he talks about being crazy a lot. I was like, yeah, but that's punk. But I think that's before I had really like gotten into this record and like, yeah, he definitely explores some, some heavy subject matter. But so this yeah. one is not in your top three though. Correct.
0: Young and depressed. No. <sighs> and my not. top
1: two are spent and you I know. haven't included it. It's either.
0: hard. It's it. This album is hard. Agreed. And, um, so I think we should move on to the next song Which is in my top three mm. Heard that sound
2: Without a window to say flow I did my time in here without you
0: Yeah, so this would probably be my my number one. Interesting.
1: It's not on my list. No. It feels a little more in the before-everything mold to me, but I really like it. Like, I feel like, again, it's such a hooky chorus. By the yeah. time we get to the chorus, I'm like, okay, I'm in. And the,
0: whoa, Slater yeah.
1: really saw me on it.
0: Yeah. So it's there's it's not something that you're... I, You're not feeling it? As I said,
1: I like all the songs on this record, and this is one of the ones that I like. But it's it feel it's the first single on yeah. the record and it feels this and the second single, which we'll get to, feel a little more again like their singles, especially the past few records, tend to be my least favorite <laughs> songs on the record. Interesting. Um or maybe not always, but I can it just I feel like I can hear a single sound um, and I don't always respond to that, but I do. It's a really great song. Should we talk about the video? (laughs)
0: Um, I don't, I don't know if I've watched the, heard that sound video. You don't need to No.
1: (laughs) All I'll say is,
0: Oh no, it's the one with the driving the (laughs) car in the desert.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Are you more on board than I am?
0: (laughs) No, I, I, because it's funny because it's almost like, wrecking hotel rooms picks up yeah, where that video leaves sequel. off right yeah
1: i it's another regrettable hair look for mike unfortunately he's got
0: the he's got the guy liner the guy
1: liners in full effects yeah it looks like it was shot for about a dollar <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so anyway i you told me you were like oh should we should talk about the videos and i was yeah. like oh yeah the videos i'd never seen them and i was like what yeah <laughs> like, That's. i was expecting for this song to be i mean especially coming after like the videos for the new record which are so yeah. good so far yeah like i was like oh this is not what i expected at all no um but
0: because it's also so what i understand from these lyrics it seems to be kind of about maybe the early days of of loving music and not being able to get into a show mm-hmm. or sleeping somewhere just so you, i i mean i don't know what Slept on the floor down on LBC. Is... I, I
1: even like looked that up, and yeah. I was like,
0: I don't. I don't know what LBC is. Hit well, us up if you know what LBC, LBC
1: is. LBC is Long Beach, California, per Snoop Dogg. I think okay. this is L-E-C.
0: <laughs> it says in the lyrics, it says L-B-C.
1: Maybe he's talking about Long Beach.
0: <laughs> Maybe he's in Long Beach. He's. Uh...
1: I don't think so. Yeah, it does say LBC. I don't know. It's probably some Bremerton club that people are listening and going like how do you guys not know
0: this yeah well we we're sorry (laughs) we live in chicago we're not hip to all the bremerton lingo (laughs) but you know um sat outside the show with nowhere else to go uh door shut can't see it sure does sound good to me
1: Hmm.
0: whoa so i don't know maybe it's it's to me it, it sort of sounds like he's maybe early years of music not being able to get into a show um i don't know maybe i'm uh, maybe i'm not understanding the lyrics but it's to me it's a great yeah it's a great song and especially with the five iron horns it's dope yeah
1: no i like it
0: um those cold streets john good
1: this could have made my list it did not but yeah it didn't, close. It, didn't
0: it didn't make mine either um course,
1: chorus is so good
0: it is and this is there's a couple songs on on the album uh i don't think he's like he's talking about actual streets <laughs> um my i'm getting this isn't to me another one of those obviously he's talking about my mind won't stop screaming mm-hmm. And, uh, and to me, it almost seems like the, maybe the cold streets are a, a depression or a, mm-hmm. s- something he can't break free from. Mm-hmm. Um, when will they fade away? When will the sun come back again? That's <laughs> to tough me, times. To me, it's like, it's the, he's talking about the dark and the light, Yeah. but it's,
1: yeah this i mean i can feel the social d influence on this one for sure it's kind of got those like hardcore chords but it's slower as a song Mm so oh sure yeah yeah. and then the kind of like guitar solos in there
0: um the guitar sounds on this record are great the tone is great for sure so well done tom yeah shredding (laughs) um so let's move on to the story three boom yeah it's 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 a bummer of a song yeah it really is a bummer and it makes me it really makes me feel for 2005 mike yeah and
1: he needs a new head
0: i it's so the arcade game line has always (laughs) struck me as like a little i agree kind of a weird (laughs) simile but uh it. He's going for it. He's going for <laughs> it, and and it and it works. I understand it's, it's his lyrical choice, but he, he said in his and I don't did you listen to his most recent podcast? Yeah, um, which is and, really good, by the way. Really good. We check out check my out. career podcast. But he said in in the interview, he said two things that were striking to me. One is. He said that most MXPX albums are too long. Yes. And agreed. Also, so that made me feel a little vindicated. Yes. And it's <laughs> like, okay, so it's not just us saying, right? Cut a couple songs, bro. Yeah. Um, but also he said that he's not the best lyricist, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Mike's a bad lyricist. No. By any stretch, but I think in <laughs> with a line like. An arcade game that won't take a token. Yeah, it,
1: it stood out to me as well.
0: Yeah, but... He yeah, matures so what is,
1: as time goes on. Freezing is, balls, et cetera.
0: <laughs> what is it um, about this song that...
1: I mean, I really the intro is oh, a big God. part of it. It's very intricate. It's surprising. It almost reminds me of Slowly in that way, where it's like these little intricate parts that you're just kind of like, oh, wow, I, w- I wasn't expecting that. And again, it's kind of got a hardcore sound but it's slower like it's more metally. um i don't know i like i like the bridge a lot it incorporates that intro riff again i just yeah I, i'm into the vibe on the song i like that it kind of like builds up with the bridge after kind of like this metal yeah chorus anyway god
0: you know i'm having i'm having some top three regrets here
1: <laughs> there's still time to make things right
0: I know. I, but I like heard that sound, but I also really like the story. Yeah. Um,
1: God. Heard I, that sound. I mean, yeah, we'll get into it. Heard that sound in Wrecking Hotel Rooms. Both songs that I like feel more, I don't know. The story like exemplifies this record for me a little bit, where it's just yeah. like dirty and dark, and those songs feel like a little more hopeful and popier, and. Yeah. Anyway,
0: yeah. nothing wrong with that. No, and. I guess I'm just going to I'm just going to lean into it because wrecking hotel rooms is my number 2. All right. the reasons i chose this song is because of the uh unbelievable ease with which i find myself doing an uh, alternate harmonies oh yeah which is why it's that's one of the one of the things that i find with my top three is Mm. do i find myself singing along with this yeah, this jam
1: that chorus it's the, pretty hard not to it's hard sing and the
0: chorus the, the 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 melody the 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 harmonies they're just so good and and it it makes me think of it's almost it it makes me feel like this is almost kind of like a an alternate move to bremerton kind of feel mm-hmm. to it how that's moved bremerton it's considered a classic mxpx song but mm-hmm there's also just a slight amount of cheese to yeah. the song yeah and wrecking hotel rooms it has some cheese to it but <laughs> yeah. uh the guitar sound and also the opening the opening drums mm-hmm. um the bass sounds great
1: yeah i mean we should say so mark hoppus came up with that opening riff um,
0: it does have a blink.
1: It feels very blinky. It feels that very riff, blank. In a good way, um, but it's distinct. He also does yeah. the, the backing vocals on the chorus, which also feels yeah. blinkish. So, yeah, I mean, it feels to me like... It's like a blink collab. Yeah, it feels like before everything kind of tracked me, like in the sense that you can imagine how the production on that record would have tipped this over into cheesy... Yeah, I don't think it gets there. There's some cheese, but, like, it, it just feels like a good song. It's definitely, like, in the emotional <laughs> emo. It almost sounds like Get Up Kids kind of territory to me, like the kind of emo that doesn't grate on me, but that yeah. I just feel into. But so. they
0: also have a sexy pool party in the music <laughs> oh video. Gosh.
1: Yeah, so I think they spent their other
0: dollar on that <laughs> video.
1: <laughs> but <I'd> yeah, never...
0: <laughs> they get they They go in and they're literally going into a hotel and wrecking this hotel but the the it's like a motel yeah it's a, it, you're right it is a dirty dusty motel in the middle of the desert but it it also has this was 2005 but it also has very much a late 90s early 2000s theme where yes. it's like Here's this nerdy person yeah. who is immediately sexy when they take out their hair and their glasses or whatever. I
1: knew as soon as I saw her that she was gonna whip her clothes off by the end of the <laughs> video. It just had that vibe. It yeah. felt like a blink video, but like cheaper. Yes. Um, yeah, I'd never seen either of those videos, and I was bummed to see that this was a continuation of the other one. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah I'm.
0: I'm not. Uh, I'm not feeling super. Um, happy about my top three right now. It's good.
1: Hey, that's it's, the, it's, the riff that goes into the bridge. The like do 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 yeah. is so good. Man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. yeah.
1: I love that.
0: Yeah. And it's one of the reasons this this album is so good is because it doesn't have it doesn't have any throwaway guitar parts. It yeah. they all seem. Very, very well done, mm-hmm. so
1: <laughs> we can, maybe you can regroup I don't know. by the I, end of the I app. Need,
0: yeah I'm feeling, <laughs> we'll see where I'm, you're feeling at. I'm feeling very
1: <laughs> just let uh, the song speak to you, yeah, let the spirit move
0: um, <laughs> oof. Well, going to church <laughs> take me there, Mike. <laughs> I like this song a lot. Me too. And I think someone commented on one of our posts that they referred to Late Again as a throwaway song.
1: Yeah, disagree. Uh,
0: Disagree vehemently.
1: I can, I get, like, it's kind of a different sound. We talk about this with Daniel on our coming up, but like, it influenced Tumble Down, um, It's definitely that social D kind of country punk ish feel. So I can see if that's not your vibe that you're not into it, but that that's very much my vibe. I love the like cow punk
0: thing. So Yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. I love I love the this is and the gang vocals at the end. They're all they're all together. There's a key change. There's a key change, yeah. That goes in from a Into a key change gang vocal. Yeah, that's 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 the best kind of key change, as far as I'm (laughs) concerned. So we should call out that um, Andy Husted, the original guitarist from uh, MXPX before Tom joined for Teenage Politics, is one of the boys, the Bremerton Boys, Mm -hmm. on the gang vocals. And I think this isn't the only album he's come back to be part of part of the either the gang vocals or to do something yeah so i think that's kind of cool that is cool i don't know exactly what andy's doing these days but
1: i believe he's a brewmaster
0: that's that's (laughs) rad yeah maybe maybe that's how they maybe you know the next mxpx beer andy should be brewing it for him
1: i don't want this is this feels like a correction waiting to happen but i think he worked on the secret weapon beer
0: did he I could be wrong. Okay, well, this will have to have a. Correct me if I'm wrong, Sesh. Later, mm-hmm. if that's the case, but it's it it makes me it warms the cockles of my heart to know that Andy's still doing something. And, For sure. Um,
1: I don't know what we have to do to get in some gang vocals, but oh
0: man! I Should assume I, by the
1: next I'll, album we'll be in there too. I'll,
0: I'll just send. <laughs> mike my cut of strength to love oh, man. and be like hey bro what's, what's he, the problem he will be in he is in it to win it we
1: can tell him we keep coming up with additional harmonies to songs <laughs> that already have like three parts so
0: i dude i got six part harmony on this
1: <laughs> yeah i i mean the bridge even kind of has that minor four progression like every passing yeah. moment there's a lot going on here i I don't know Tumble Down super well. I think that'll be another future up for us. We're maybe. gonna do. But,
0: we're gonna hit on the Tumble Down, but yeah. before we even get to Tumble Down or Arthur, we've got to work our way through yeah. the. We'll get there. The app, the as we will say, the EP apps or the mm-hmm. app, apps. app apps. Yeah.
1: Last thing I'll say, as someone who's perpetually late, I I can relate. I hear you, Mike. <laughs> I'm I'm doing. My, we're all doing our best. Doing late our best, people.
0: And. Um, He says he was late Trying to put this record out I'll say for one I'm glad that If you are perpetually late Mike I'm glad you weren't late Putting out the new album Right on time Right on time Just in the nick (laughs) Ooh, So dirty Love it Mike. Mike, who hurt you? <laughs> Stab me in the back. <laughs> Custom, grown accustomed to the feeling. Tough times. Yeah.
1: That um that opening rift is, is almost Poca esque. It, it is. It feels very like This Again the kicking like, medley, and screaming
0: yeah. and then another song coming up later. Uh it's the most hardcore that they've been, I think, since yeah. I would say and dirty since Pocahont. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Um, do, you have any other, do, you have, do you have anything else to say so. about I don't really have much to say about this song no. other than it's great. Yeah, it's solid. I I
1: wasn't one of the ones that I'm like, oh, this came close to being on my list, but I like it a lot.
0: I I'm consistently seeing a pattern where the openings of just about every song are so yeah solid yeah they're so solid and i think every time we start a new song i'm like oh gosh this needs to be in my top three Mm -hmm. and then i feel like i make a mistake every time by not doing it
1: (laughs) yeah it's a good record
0: but i haven't felt this way since uh since probably life in general Mm. where i'm like i can't i can't choose it's hard to choose a top three i'm with you so Mm.
1: more drum machine joy. <laughs> those keys
0: yep um i i liked them as much as i did on the renaissance cp with mm. the song the opposite should we hear that yeah yeah we'll we'll talk we'll talk renaissance cp yeah. we don't want to get ahead of ourselves but i like that does... one too
1: but this sounds Fuller, like, It does. I like well, this. yes. this. I mean, this. not just production-wise, but I like where the keys are doing musically more on this one, too. Yeah.
0: It's, I, it does feel like a recycled Renaissance sure. EP cut, but I'm not complaining because both of those, stong- those songs are really good. I
1: I think the keys make this one for me. If they weren't in it, I'm not sure I would be into this one that much. It feels a little like before-everything territory to me. Like... The keys I remember hearing Christmas Day, the song, which came out in ninety-eight. I think it was the first one that they did. So we were saying we didn't even really know about the MXPX fan club when we were super no, into them. No. But I think they sent out a Christmas song every year, beginning in ninety eight. Boy, I'm opening myself up to more fact checks here. But so they for years they would send out these Christmas songs and that was I think the first one and then the the Christmas album is the collection of those. But the keys on that one sound very similar. Okay. And they sounded great to me at the time. And I remember thinking, like, this was back in, like, the slowly days, thinking, like, oh, they should do more stuff with keys. And they didn't too much. But then when I heard this again, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that sweet spot. Like, it sounds good for me. I thought this song might make your list. Was it close? No?
0: Yes. Yes. John... (laughs) Do you, you don't need All to keep... All the songs are close. You can't keep turning the knife on me, okay? I just...
1: This one feels like it should have been another single. I'm surprised. I don't think it was. They did no. do a, a video for it, question
0: mark? The only singles are... Heard that sound in Wrecking Hotel Rooms, which, which is... makes me feel like a f- fake fan. <laughs> that My, t- my t- two of my no. three are...
1: You just know... I mean, they probably agreed with you that those are some of the stronger songs. Yeah. I... Yeah, they did a video for this one too, but I'm not sure that it even counts as a video. <laughs> it's like an acoustic version of the song and like home video footage almost. Sure, I don't know. but yeah, I of the songs on this record, this feels like I knew this one already from like shows and stuff. This this seems like one that's kind of entered the canon, so I thought maybe it'd be on your list or it would have been a single. But yeah, no.
0: it's it's another one of those songs that. Feels like a mental health, emotional well-being sure. kind of. Gray skies turn blue. Mm-hmm. Um, that another, you know, he he refers to himself as crazy in the song, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's he's digging into the real stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: in this album. Yeah. All right.
1: It's not all driving down the Hollywood it's not streets, all
0: cruising down Chico Way.
1: No, he needs a new head in this or, one.
0: Or being a a uh, king of hollywood mhm ooh
2: stack your bricks up to this guy
0: This is my number three.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. And maybe
1: you can tell me what it's about.
0: <laughs> um, so my understanding of this song is very limited, but um, because I don't understand a lot of what Mike says all the time. But uh, the thing that, one of the first things that struck me about this song is the brevity. It's barely two minutes long Hmm. and it's the chorus is so great. And it's the, and it's the first time I feel like they are starting to flirt with, you know, he says you're pissed because you've never been (laughs) kissed. And so it's like this first time they're like, Oh, we're going to start naughty. Yeah. I mean, but even in the lyrics booklet, they spell pissed P I -S S T. Oh, weird <laughs> so i don't just know to, why
1: that feels why. very like my space or something yeah it does i yeah normally i feel like we ask the question is he conflating god with a girl <laughs> on this song and this one i'm like is he conflating politics with a girl or love like i feel yeah. like there's a metaphor there that i'm just not totally <laughs> grasping like what is the yeah. the heart upon your patches and, and no, no faith, faith and democracy? in democracy like does that mean like if he were okay, if she—presuming it's a she—had faith in democracy, would that mean like their relationship could thrive? But since she's an anarchist, it's just like an unstable relationship.
0: <laughs> maybe because that's, like you're you're drowning in a sea of anarchy, mm-hmm. and um, and I don't know. Maybe it's like she's we're making we're assuming pronouns here, but yeah, yeah. um, you um pissed because you've never been kissed i don't know this is an sounds like an
1: incel (laughs) sorry
0: keep going (laughs) i don't know i honestly i could only speculate (laughs) and no one wants to hear me try and speculate what the song is about yeah hit
1: us up with your emotional anarchy anarchist theories
0: yeah but i i like this idea of like cover your eyes plug your ears we've been lied to all these years yeah for sure um but yeah, I don't know. I'm not I, feeling very good about my top three <laughs> this episode. I'll say but, it again.
1: No, I think it it's clearly exploring some interesting territory. I'm yeah. just like I want to get there with him, and I feel like I can't quit.
0: Yeah, I I feel like I need to do an alternate top three <laughs> and just be like, this is this was these were my gut reaction top three. Sure. Um, but this this next song will make my alternate top three. Hmm. this this song has the sort of the love song quality of some of uh, some of the songs from before everything and after for sure but the execution of it yeah is mm, better
1: the the verses feel like before everything territory to me but the i like the line a lot in yeah. the intro and in the sections leading into the verses and then yeah they feel very like rancity kind of like rolling strong, where it's like going all
0: over the neck and yeah, and you know when on before everything and after they talk about kings of Hollywood about being you know left coast punk yeah that's what they are and it's like no you can't claim that on one of the least punk punk rock songs on the album Mm -hmm. but for something like this song yeah even though it might have a before everything and after vibe if it were produced that way. Yeah. yeah. but this this song does feel like they could even still say, yeah, we're left coast punk because yeah. this song yeah, It the, sounds the, really good. The bass sounds great yeah. and And Yuri crushes it on the on the drums in this song. I'm really he's yeah. I love this part. I like too. this part a lot.
1: With the way the, the, the way the chord progression goes up. Yeah. Oh. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A lot of good Tom work. On the drums, I mean. <laughs> also, Tom Wisneski.
0: Yeah, Tom Wisneski and those drums, are four Toms. Yeah. I'm just, I, this is one of the, this song because of the drums yeah. and that bridge. Yeah, for sure. The bridge it's, is great. It's very solid. Yeah. Um, and now we're going to get to the most yes. hardcore song. Give it to me. Since this first attacked I don't
2: wanna move I just wanna lay here Shaky hands, ready seat Can't care my lights, take care my legs <laughs> went up three hours ago Lights that don't care what two days are
3: low
1: it was really hard for me to leave this out in my top three this, I you, this so
0: song. can i tell you my this was on my top three mm-hmm. until yesterday yeah and it, i literally replaced this song with the polar opposite <laughs> i well, replaced get out get me out with wrecking hotel rooms <laughs>
1: This record has versatility. Yeah,
0: I know. I mean, it's... it's, So, yeah, it's... I was listening to this album today, and, and Dana, my wife, she was like, is this MXPX?
1: It doesn't sound I'm like
0: any. I'm like, yeah. And, and she was like, this sounds really different. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It's actually... They don't write a lot of songs like no. this anymore. It's
1: not even... I mean it's got like a dirtier fuzzier sound but not even in a poken way like it feels no. really different and i like it's another one that like i'm i'm with it but then when it gets to the chorus of the like ding, 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 and yeah. then i'm like oh man i am hooked on this yeah. yeah i'm super into it and then he's got a great metal scream uh, much yeah. like yours toward the end of the song
0: <laughs> yeah and couple that with the uh the heavy breathing <laughs> yeah
1: i can't quite decide <laughs> I feel a bit but uh, I'm kind <laughs> of into it.
0: <sighs> he's he's exhausted. Yeah,
1: well, took a lot out. Yes.
0: Like this one a lot. Yep. This is a song that I was seeing people say they yeah. like this song a lot. I could see that. Yeah. It
1: feels pretty representative of the
0: album. Yeah, I think this is this to me feels like the album mm-hmm. song. Yeah. If you were to say what's this album about, this this feels like it. Yeah. That a kind of a a hopelessness recognizing that. The world is going to end. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the only life we have. This is making... Stop making excuses. Enjoy what your moments. But mm-hmm. that things are shit. Mm-hmm. And just do do things that you love.
1: Yeah. I remember when we did our episode with Jason Hockenzyman, and he was saying that Panic was his favorite record, and that was before yeah. I had really spent a lot of time with it. And I was kind of like, wow, like taken aback. And he was like, I just love the like dark place that it comes from. And like how he was thinking about the world at the time and hearing the record now, like it's, it's not my favorite, but it, it's up there. Like I really like this album and I feel like this song is representative of it musically and like, um, thematically, lyrically. So I like, um, there's a big buildup in the bridge that like, she's keeps growing and that's really great. Yeah. There's a, a distorted spoken word (laughs) section in the background that feels very like emo and throwback to that era for me.
0: Yes. Um, so this weekend, the last song on the record is, um, I guess it was another one of those um, Arthur songs oh, right. that people I, yeah. are referring to that, uh, I haven't heard. The... I tried
1: to find it after people said that and yeah. I couldn't find it. So. Yeah. Me neither. Send us but, it.
0: Um, a dude on, uh, this guy, Nicholas on Instagram, rock and roll pizzeria. is his Instagram name, which is good a, name. was a great name. He said that he loved, he loved the song and he intentionally made it the last song he listened to before he left for basic training uh, yeah that was in, a 2000, cool story. in 2005 that um, everything about this song he says is perfect musically lyrically and you know the I guess the the content of the song he said would want to be something he be- was playing in his head for the next two yeah. months and yeah, let's hear it. I like the even though this album as we've discussed this sort of negative mm-hmm. uh it seems that they they intentionally ended mm-hmm. with the most positive mm-hmm. song on the record. Yeah, I I like this one a lot. It
1: the verses come the closest to being
0: a bummer for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Something about the delivery and again the lyrics are like pretty simple talking about going out and having a ball i'm just yeah. a little bit like oh boy but then when the chorus kicks in and the tom shouting the like in the sound i'm just yeah. like oh i'm into this <laughs> yeah so yeah those background vocals it, really made it for me
0: it, it turns me around pretty quickly yeah, yeah for sure yeah it's it it seems pretty cookie cutter kind of mm-hmm. like what do people do they go to movies <laughs> right. they they talk about the sound on the stereo, and they have a good time. Some things are bad, good. Some are bad, mm-hmm. but I I think if you hang with the entire album and the sort of the dark elements on the songs, and you get to this song, you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with like yeah thinking about some positive vibes.
1: We we've talked a lot about like what makes a good mxpx album opener and closer and i feel like the closers are usually kind of end on this like i don't know this vibe that's like positive and almost kind of like fades out like it, it feels in keeping with that tradition
0: yeah this one this one has it has more of an anthemic vibe to it than maybe some of the other ones like these big giant gang vocals, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before everything and after. You know, ending with "You're not alone." I don't know. Maybe that's yeah more of an anthem, but misplaced memories doesn't feel like much of an anthem. Yeah. Southbound is is mm-hmm. just a jam in general, but um, I'm I'm much happier with sorry, but this chair is making yeah, noise. Like,
1: That's my fault. And I was like, is that the chair?
0: Why didn't you, why aren't you greasing the chairs before sorry, I get yes. here, John? Um, yeah. I'm overall from beginning to end. There's, I don't have many no. complaints. I, Again, the, there are some bummers on this song, but I, I, I'm fine with it.
1: Yeah. I, I really like this album and I am grateful to have it in my life now. Yep. <laughs> It'll be one that I return to for sure. Yes. Um I think we I think we panicked.
0: I think we panicked. I think we I th- got through it. I think we I think we I'm not I'm not feeling as young and depressed anymore. No. But still great. Still good. So um I'm I'm gonna have to I am maybe feeling a little young and depressed about my top three choices, but <laughs> yeah. people can give me shit. I don't know. Maybe maybe people will say, oh, no, those are perfectly fine because those are some of mine too, but
1: sure.
0: um, people need you need to coddle me, make me feel better <laughs> about my, my choices.
1: I don't think there's any bad songs on this album, so I don't think yeah. any of your choices are wrong.
0: I know. Um, it's hard. But it was my a hard three were choice. better. <laughs> probably. <laughs> they probably were. Um, so... Okay, well, I think we're I think that's it. I think that's it. We got For
1: usual, we're going into long territory here. But,
0: you know, we're have a bonus up for people who yep. who need, need even more. need even more, yeah. which will drop um have that be a Thursday up with our boy Daniel Leary from MXPX memes. We had a pretty good conversation. Mhm about memes of course his experience um his first album mxpx album that he bought and his um some of his thoughts on panic and i think he also had trouble doing a top three yeah so
1: we asked him like multiple times <laughs> so so what is your
0: top yeah three? what is it's your <laughs> top three and he 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 couldn't get to it he, understandable. it's, it's understandable it's understandable because uh I I experienced that yeah. live on this pod yeah. in in the moment having a crisis. So well, John, we're very readily approaching the yeah. end of the 10 albums we have. Cuz this is the this is the 7th. Right? Panic is the 7th. So the next one is Secret Weapon. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And then plans within plans and then the newest record.
1: Yeah. We'll get into it. We're
0: gonna get into that. We'll get
1: into other stuff beyond that. Yes. Um yeah, as we say every episode, rate and review us, <laughs> subscribe, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, all the things. All of it. Um, yeah.
0: We're so I'm starting to upload some of the earlier apps to YouTube. The newer ones have been uploading automatically, so the format looks a little different. But if you prefer engaging on YouTube, hit us up there. Yeah. Hit us on the gram, Twitter.
1: How many places should you follow us on social? All of it. All of it. <laughs>
0: Nailed it. Nailed it. That was super solid.
1: <laughs> Thanks, man. Any closing thoughts?
0: Um, I don't I don't have any.
1: All right. Well then. On the next pod, we'll cover the Boys of Magnified Plaid's secret weapon when it'll be time for a podcast at our house. And it wouldn't be the same without you. So join us, won't you?